Welcome to the Reconcile Community Church podcast. We hope and pray that the resources that will be shared on here would be a blessing to you. If you want more information or to support our church financially as we do the work in the beautiful Queen City of Cincinnati, Ohio, you can find more information about that at www.reconcilecincy.org. Be blessed. Well, welcome everybody to our Reconcile Sunday morning gathering. My name is Brandon Wooder. I serve as the lead pastor of Reconcile Community Church, and I'm super excited uh, to be with you all on this afternoon as we are coming together uh, to hear from the Lord. I'm thankful that you've taken the time on this busy Sunday. I know some of us are still snowed in and, you know, some of us are all over the place, but we're thankful uh, that you are joining us virtually uh, this Sunday. We were going to try to open up this Sunday, but uh, man, it's just been a crazy confluence of events that happened this weekend that led to my family and my entire family getting sick. And so uh, we've we've decided to hold off just for safety reasons. Um, everybody's fine at the house and everybody's recovering well. And so we wanted to still provide a virtual experience for us on today. If this is your first or second time here, at Reconcile Community Church. Again, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I am Brandon Woodard and I serve as the lead pastor here at Reconcile Community Church here in the beautiful Queen City of Cincinnati, Ohio. Here's here's the thing, Uh, we're virtual, so I can't see you. I'm looking right into a camera, uh, but one of the ways that you can help us is by liking and sharing uh, this post, by taking the time to like and to share this post. As you're liking and sharing uh, with friends and family members, it helps us to to get more people to uh, open the word of God with us, to hear what God would have for us on this day. Uh, You liking and sharing is your way of, of letting us know that you're here with us this morning. And for those of you who are new, uh, the vision of Reconcile Community Church is that we seek to be a place that creates spaces where people can be seen, valued, and empowered to live on the adventure God has for them holistically. Uh, We've fleshed that out in our mission, saying that we exist to be a church that connects people to God, to one another, and to their purpose. If we are able to do that, then we can uh, create those spaces where people will be seen, valued, and empowered to live that life of adventure that God has for them. So we're thankful that you are here with us today. As I told you before, my family got sick. And so that meant that I wasn't up to full strength. And so one of the beautiful things about the church is that we have opportunities where we can come and there will be people who will uh, who can step in uh, when, when I'm down. And I'm thankful for uh, Minister uh, Tatum Miller, who will be sharing with us uh, this afternoon. Uh, there's so much that I can share with you all about him. But just know this, he loves God. Uh, he, he loves people. Uh, And he's called to ministry. It's been an amazing journey uh, to watch him uh, matriculate through uh, what it means to be called by God. And so going through those desert years of formation, uh, he's currently a student uh, at Truett Seminary uh, on the campus of Baylor University, getting his Master's of Divinity degree. I'm super excited uh, to have been journeying with him thus far and having him back. This isn't he's not he's not new to this stage. Uh, He's coming back. Uh, our, our church loves him. Uh, we support him dearly. And so we're thankful for what he does and, and where God will lead him to. Before he comes up, I want to I want to breathe a word of prayer. But before I breathe a word of prayer, I want to read the text uh, that he will be coming from today, uh, which is Romans chapter seven, verses 15 through 25. Romans chapter seven, verses 15 through 25. 
25, it says these words. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. But in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. Verse 18, for I know that nothing good dwells in me, within me, that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but cannot do it. For I do not know, I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. It's crazy, right? I know it's a lot here. Now, if I do, if <laughs> now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. All right, we're getting to the hope here. Verse 21. So I find it to be a law that when I do what is good, evil lies close at hand. Says, for I delight in the law of God in my inmost innermost being, but I see in myself members of uh, uh, another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will uh, who will rescue me from this body of the, of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with my mind, I am a slave to the law of God. But with my flesh, I am a slave. I am a slave to the law of sin. It's a lot, y'all. He got some work to do. We're reading out of the New Revised Standard Version of that New Testament text. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we are thankful for this opportunity to gather together uh, this afternoon. Lord, I pray even now that you would be with all of us, that you would remove any distractions that may be uh, hindering us, distractions that may try to pull our attention away from hearing what it is that you would have for us on this day. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fall fresh in this place, move in this space, wherever we are, Lord, I pray that you would shake us to our core. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would open our ears so that we would hear what it is that you would have for us that you would convict us and challenge us, but that you would encourage us as well. And Lord, I pray now that you would be with, with Tatum now as he stands to deliver your word today. Although we're virtual, Lord, we know that there is power in this preached moment. And so, Lord, I pray that you would empower him with your spirit, that you would remove any fear and timidity that may be uh, trying to bubble up on the inside of him, that you would give him the ability to proclaim your word with boldness and clarity, uh, that you would be high and lifted up. And according to the scriptures, if we if, if you are high and lifted up, you will draw all men to yourself. And so, Lord, I pray uh, that you would be the hero and that you would use Tatum in this moment to uh, to speak to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you continue to do. We thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus name we pray and give thanks. Now, with that being said, let's put our hands together for my friend. Uh, and I guess you would say my 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 Timothy, I guess, uh, in the faith, uh, Minister Tatum Miller. Uh, thank you, Brandon, for reading that passage. I didn't want to read that. Um, seeing you stumble over that made me laugh, and it was kind of funny to, to watch it. And if I would have read it, it would have been worse. But um, thank you all for having me back. I'm just so grateful that I get these opportunities to come and speak to y'all and proclaim the word. Uh, before I get into it, some of y'all remember from last time, during the regular season, talking about the Bengals, uh, talking about Joe Burrow about how he wasn't about to do anything. And now that our most important Sunday of the year coming up, Super Bowl Sunday, I take back everything that I said about him, as I should. I recant what I said. 
but I will not cheer for the Bengals because my cousin does play for the Rams, Von Miller. You know his name. Look out for him. He's coming for him. He's not He's not letting his ring get away from him. So I will be cheering for the Rams. But uh, I wanted to come on here and say that first, that I doubted Joe Burrow, and that was my fault. And he is a great quarterback. Now let's get to Jesus. Um, the other day I was in the gym working out, and I'm not a morning guy. I don't. I don't like to get up in the early in the morning. I can barely speak before 8 a.m., any of that. But on the day I was in the gym, uh, Saturday morning, working out, sitting there, deadlifting. Not that much, nothing crazy. Uh, but there was this dude next to me dressed in all black. He had loud music on, these big old headphones, lifting this heavy weight, grunting. I'm looking at this dude like, my God, it's 8 a.m.? you doing it is early we don't need to be doing this it's early and it's this thing on social media uh guys will call it fighting your demons going into the gym trying to work out whatever stuff you got going on on the inside trying to trying to get all that anger out and make yourself feel better by lifting all these weights and make feel like they can't touch you and all this other stuff and while it seems like a like a light and funny concept it actually loses something that's a lot more serious so in the passage that Pastor Brandon just read, uh, Paul is in Corinth, in the church of Corinth, writing a letter to the Christians in Rome at the time. And he describes our battle between sin and doing what's right, our inner battle. And what he's describing is not dualism. Dualism is two opposite and opposing equal forces. Uh, we do not believe that good and evil are equal. Uh, we do not believe that God and Satan are equal. For there's only a serpent with a crushed head and the heel of the Son of Man. But in this passage, it can be summarized that the candle of our sin cannot outshine the glory of our God. Let's sip something off that. That was good. Mm. The candle of our sin cannot outshine the glory of our God. But inside of us, every day, it can feel like a much different story. So as we just read through that text, there's some things I want to point out. So how do we define sin? Sin today is not how it was, is not how it was defined in the ancient times. We define sin today as a miss, a miss of a mark. It is not what God has intended. It is a slight variation of the truth that can lead to dramatic consequences. And we see sin as something that we commit ourselves, that by our actions, we choose to commit sin. Um, in our Americanized understanding of Christianity today, we don't see it as a corporate consequence. We see it as individual. But in Paul's context, that's a very different story. See, sin impacted the entire community, not just yourself. Whatever you did impacted your neighbor, your kids, your family, your friends, all that. And they saw sin as an alien power that brings our body under its rule. It, in effect, turns the people around you in the community and things happen to them because of what you've done. There are multiple uh, instances in the New Testament where Paul is writing to an entire community about one person and how everybody has been affected by that one person. But what he starts off by saying is that Paul does not understand. Why does he say that he does not understand at the beginning? He says he does not understand because he does not know the weight and the depth of our sin. Nobody can know that. It's that deep. It's that serious. Sin is a, it's a non-creation, as we would say. God did not create sin, but since God created a choice, he created free will, sin has the option to exist. 
So God did not create evil. He did not create sin, but it exists because there is good and because there is a choice. So in the passage, we can clearly see that there is a clear distinction between the law of our flesh, our, our sin struggle, our human nature, and the law of the mind. And what Paul says about the law of the mind is that's the Mosaic law of the Old Testament. And we can think of that now as the will to do what's right. The, the things that God has laid out for us in our path that he said is good and holy and calls us to do. There are two opposing struggles inside of us. So the law of the flesh is the power of our sin. It's the power that pushes us away from what we know is right. And it tells us to give up on our patience, to do what we want to do right now in the moment. But the law of our minds wants us to wait. It wants us to be patient. For example, the law of our sin would say, it would say, give up on your purity now. There's no use of waiting. Why wait? You don't know if you're ever going to meet somebody to marry. You don't know that. So what's the point of waiting? But our law of our minds say otherwise. Say that what God has in store of us is good. What he's planned for us is good. If we would just relax and rest in what he's called us to do, we know that it's good. Patience is on our side. It's good for us. So why would we settle for a missed mark instead of patience? There are things inside of us that are twisted and broken. God creates good things and sin twists those and makes them bad things. So we can take the, the image of sex. God created sex good. It's good for a man and a woman in marriage to come together. But we've taken that and twisted it. And now we can get things like pornography and lust and all that stuff. Um, God wants good things. God wants for us to be at peace. But we can take that and twist it a little bit and say, how do we find that peace? Do we find it in God or do we find it in people? We find our peace in people, we're missing a mark. We find our peace in drinking or drugs or an escape. It's different. It resonates with our inner person and the new creation that Jesus has called us. God begins to sanctify us, begins to make us more like him. When we put our faith in Jesus. And this law is not like the law of sin. This law is spiritual. The Greek word pneumatos, which is a similar word to the Holy Spirit, um, is the word for spiritual. And describe this law. It's not that the God's law is unspiritual, but Paul shows us that it's his inability to follow it that's unspiritual. So what God has called us to is not bad. It is not his fault. It's our fault because we can't follow it. We want to do what God offers, but we can't. Lord, we will it. We want to. Paul is saying that with everything inside of him, he wants to, but he cannot do it. Because this law of sin and the law of the mind are at war. They're pulling and tugging at each other. Just when we want to do good by somebody, something bad happens. We're like, how did we even get here? We all want to do good by our brothers and sisters in Christ, but it usually depends on the type of day we're having. Isn't that kind of crazy? We all want to do good by each other, but it usually just depends on what type of day we're having. How frustrated are we? What did we go through that morning? Was there a flat tire when I walked outside? How long was the Starbucks line? Did that person at work say something crazy to me? And by the end of the day, I'm all worked up. I'm ready to go off on somebody. But I know I want to do good by somebody. But I don't. It's a struggle. Because our flesh is intertwined with the sin that practice what it hates not what it wishes. 
this inner person agrees with the things of God, but is slow to put them into practice without the Holy Spirit. Because when we try to accomplish good apart from the Holy Spirit, we will lose everything. It will not work at all. Work apart from the Spirit kills instead of grows. So Paul highlights something striking for us. Um, there seems to be a distinction between the people we are and the people we want to be. Uh, I know saying that we can all resonate with that, but there's something else. I know if you've never experienced this, I know you're lying and I'm about to tell you. So when we were all kids. We all remember sitting down, your mom leaving the house and saying, hey, I need you to take this chicken out of the freezer and put it in the sink. So it's ready to cook when I get done with work and I'm ready to come home and cook sitting there all right uh and all of us have done said okay and then 6 30 rolls around and you lay on the couch and you hear somebody come through the door and your eyes get wide you get you get scared because you know exactly what you didn't do you did not take that food out of the freezer not because you didn't want to but in your head like oh i forgot but in the moment when she said it there was something in you that said, go take it out right now. See, don't forget it. And then there was something in you that said, keep watching this episode until it's over. Take it out later. And a lot of us have listened to that second voice saying, take it out later. And then, do you know are you on the other end of somebody's belt? And now you feel bad because you forgot what to do. So it alludes to this real problem that we have. Uh, as a seminary student sitting here, uh, there are spiritual and physical places where I want to be. Things that I thought would have been easier or a thought that I would have handled by now. And after days where I have fallen short or missed the mark or not done what I was supposed to do or didn't, was as productive as I wanted to be or didn't say the right things, it didn't impact the people that I wanted to impact, I would often lay in my bed and just look up in my ceiling and ask these questions. I'm sure we've all asked these questions before. Am I good enough? Like, God, why did you, why you choose me? Am I good enough for this? Am I good enough for what you've called me to? Has what you promised me fitting for me? What am I even doing here? Why am, why'd you call me all the way out of Kentucky to come down here to Texas to do some more school and learn more about you if I can't even get this stuff right. Um, do you still love me? Or even more importantly, sometimes to us, do you still even like me? Do you still even like being in my presence? Of course, we can all say, yes, God loves us. But sometimes it's a lot harder for us to believe that God actually likes us and enjoys us. Um, and that's such a common question that we even ask subconsciously. And sometimes we get fooled. one am i even saved am i even within your covenant god am i even under your wing to be able to do these things but as i've as i've come to know that my head knowledge doesn't mean anything without my heart knowledge head knowledge does not mean anything i end up trying to scramble around and do things apart from the spirit because i want it on my time and i want it my way and this is our human condition we all do these things. What we want right now, forsaking our patience, 
can forsake what God has called us to. We can we can run as fast as we can when God's telling us to jog. Just walk. Walk next to me. But you want you in a dead sprint. And you didn't see that rock in front of you. Now you tripped and now you're on your face. It's our human condition. We all get worked up. We all want these things that we see right now in front of us. We all want things that are pleasing to us. But God is saying, hold on. Not in your time, but my time. Mm -hmm. So what are we to do in our human condition? If we go back to verses uh, 24 and 25, we will see. Says, wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then, with my mind, I am a slave to the law of God, but with my flesh, I am a slave to the law of sin. So what I'm calling you to do is to sit down, take a breath, and exhale, because this is not in your hands. There is nothing you can do to save yourself or pull yourself up from your bootstraps to make this any better for you. It is all in God's hands. He has got you and he has called you. You are redeemed. You are saved. You are loved. You are delivered. And you didn't do any of that. None of it. All we can do is allow it to happen to us. So I'm calling for the end of strife, for the end of yearning, all of that. You can't goodwill yourself out of the situation between um, the law of the mind and the law of the flesh. It is only God who can do this work inside of us. So if you've ever shot a bow and arrow before, it's the exact same concept. Um, maybe probably a lot of you haven't, but I'm gonna describe it for you. When you're holding the bow up and you're looking right at the target, the range instructor, usually his instructions are, you don't have to do much. All you have to do is let go and exhale at the same time. Just let go and exhale. When you do that, it stabilizes your bow and you are able to shoot a straighter shot than you would if you were holding your breath, if you were shaking a little bit, your heart would be beating against it, it would throw your bow off a little bit and you end up missing your mark. You'd miss the mark. And all we have to do is exhale and trust that the mechanics of everything else that's going on is gonna be worked out. We're not the string, we're not the bow, we're not the target. All we're doing is letting go and letting God. So you cannot deliver yourself from sin. Only God does that. Realizing that the battle is already won takes a lot of pressure off of our shoulders. We don't have to walk around with this weight thinking of, oh, what do I have to do tomorrow? Or what did I even do today? Is God, is God mad at me? Does he hate me? Does he even still love me anymore after what I've done? No, it is only God. The only one who is sanctifying us daily through the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us, not by our strength. Do you think that do you think that Peter could have saved himself from drowning after he had just walked on water? That's a good question. And for some of you that don't know this story, uh, the disciples were on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And when whenever in the Bible it says the other side, they're talking about the pagan side of the Sea of Galilee because it was split. You had the Jewish side, you had the pagan side. And the Jews, good Jews, did not go over to the pagan side. They didn't even want to call it that. They was called it the other side of the lake. But that's where they were at. That's where Jesus was at. And so he's sitting there and he says, y'all go to the, go back to the other side 
and I will meet y'all there. And so they're out rowing. And the thing about the Sea of Galilee is that it's surrounded by mountains. So when a storm would come over, it has, you have no time to react because it's just right upon you as soon as it comes. And it comes straight down and it messes up everything. The waves get big, it's thunder, there's lightning, it's all of that, all within minutes. Um, and they're out there, first century rowboats, 12 of them, open water, a storm rolls up on them. They get freaked out. And then they see Jesus. And Jesus is also out there. And they get more freaked out by this dude. And he's like, hey. And they're like, is this a ghost? It can't be Jesus. And Jesus is like, come out here with me. And Peter steps out of the boat and starts walking to him with his eyes fixed on Jesus. But he starts to see the waves around him. He starts to see the storm. And he begins to sink. And what usually our bodies do in these high tense situations when we know something is seriously threatening our lives or um, serious in our mental health or our physical health or something like that is when we start to hyperventilate, start to breathe fast. Our bodies do this to prepare us for like a fight or flight situation. If I, I don't like dogs that much. If I'm walking down the street and I see a dog, a really big dog start to follow me and I start running, he starts running, I'm gonna start breathing harder. So I can run harder. I'm starting to pick it up. Um, my muscles and nervous system are being primed to do whatever I have to do. And I'm sure Peter was probably doing the exact same thing in his head. He probably would have gone underwater, um, breathing like that. And he probably would have started to drown. He'll start breathing in water because he's underwater freaking out and like water is going in and he can't do anything about it. But before his head goes under, he yells out, Lord, please save me. And Jesus immediately, Matthew says, immediately stuck his hand out and grabbed him and pulled him back up. See, Peter didn't have to do anything. All he had to do was say, Lord, please help me. And Jesus took care of the rest of it. Because we cannot produce enough good inside of us to save ourselves from this trap of sin. Romans 3 says that no man is good, not one of us. I search everywhere. No one's good. We cannot fight our own demons. Only he can. We can't go in the gym and outlift our own demons and and be mad at our demons and be angry and work it out. No, that's not how it works. We'll lose every single time. Only Jesus can do this. So relax. Breathe. Know that even as the struggle continues, he's making us more like him. In his image, um, we're like a lake reflecting this image of a mountain with still waters, people can look at us and see this mountain. God will reflect the image of the sun in us through the power of the spirit as long as we allow him to. Our goodness comes from the overflow of God's grace in us. Apart from him, we can do none of this. It was the power of the spirit of God that led Jesus into the wilderness and eventually to a cross, but it was also the same power that grabbed Jesus up and took him out of that grave. There was only one man to ever walk himself out of a grave, and you are not that man. So just breathe. So just let go. You're going to be okay. The Lord has got you, and he will hold you steadfast. God also promises that he will make right every single wrong on this side or the next side of heaven. So keep being open to the opportunities and the possibilities that God has for us daily, because in the end, death has been defeated. 
So let us live as such. Amen. 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 Listen, so um, this is always fun. I'm so thankful for you, man. I'm thankful for you as you sip your sip your tea, man. Uh, do me a favor, everybody. I just want everybody to just write in chat. Amen. And amen. Uh, we're thankful for you, man. I'm thankful Appreciate for you. That. Appreciate that. Thankful it. for you um, and thankful for for what you share with us to just ex just exhale. Matter of fact, I just want everybody to just just breathe. Take a moment wherever you are. Just take a moment. Exhale. Um, it's it's important for us to be reminded of this. To be reminded of the one we serve, like you said, and just to be reminded of everything that you just told us. That man, the battle is not ours. That it is the Lord's, and that you know that whole idea that we can't outfight our our demons, but He can. I think somebody needed to hear that. And I'm thankful that you took a moment to, one, allow the spirit to use you in this moment uh, to encourage our hearts. Uh, but at the same time, I'm thankful uh, that you that you shared that. I think even more than anything else, that point that you just shared, um, knowing some of the members of our church, knowing some of the people that that watch, knowing some of the people who uh, have visited Reconcile from afar. I know we all wrestle with those things. Um, and so thank you for reminding us of that. And thank you uh, for putting that seminary to, to work. I'm proud of trying you. To. I'm um, trying to, man. That's a lot. <laughs> so a lot of I'm, stuff so, I'm so thankful uh, for you and thankful. And it's good to see so many people responding uh, as well to what you shared with us. I want to pray for us real, real quick. Um, and then uh, just a few parting words here. And then we will, we will go on about our day. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to be reminded of just how good you are. Thank you uh, for giving Minister Tate this word for us today to be reminded that there is a war that's happening on the inside of us, but the one who has died in our place and for our sin is doing the heavy lifting for us. And so Lord, I pray that we would walk in that, in that, uh, in that beautiful, um, that beautiful reality that we don't have to try to white knuckle this thing, that we don't have to try to fight uh, this thing on our own, but that we can, we can exhale, as he said, rem reminding ourselves that Jesus is the hero. He's the one who, who does the work for us on our behalf. And we're thankful that the spirit is working on the inside of us. And so Lord, I pray that for any of us who are feeling bound by sin, Lord, I pray that Galatians 5 verse one would ring true in our hearts that we uh, can live free and free indeed. Lord, I pray for all of us who have put our faith, hope, and trust in Jesus Christ, Lord, that we would walk from this place with boldness and courage, knowing that the Spirit is alive and at work in our hearts and minds, conforming us into the image of the Son. And because that is true, we can walk with authority and we can walk from a place of victory. Lord, for those who may be joining us who, who have not put their faith, hope, and trust in Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray that you would be with them, that you would open up their eyes and their ears to be able to respond in faith. Maybe they heard something today that would remind them that, man, they are not their own Savior, that they can't save their own souls, but that this Jesus can and has done that for them, and that there is an opportunity for them uh, to come in right relationship with you through confession uh, of their own sin, but then also confessing that Jesus died in their place and for their sins and believing in their heart that he rose from the dead. And according to the scriptures, Lord, you said upon that confession, they will be saved. And so Lord, I pray that you would be with all of us, no matter where we are in this journey, 
pray that you would continue to speak to our hearts and minds. We thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus name we pray and give thanks. Amen and amen.